mindfulness mode for 90. You doubt yourself when you share something so simple because to you, it's, you know, old hat. And then you put it in a group of people who've never done it before. And all of a sudden, it's like the most powerful practice now that they're all doing. Hey, Mindful Tribe, so great to have you with us today. And before I tell you about today's guest, I want to tell you that I have a free 14-page ebook that I think you'll enjoy. It's the 12 must-read mindfulness books, the most recommended books on the Mindfulness Mode podcast. So go to mindfulnessmode.com slash top 12 books, and it's yours free. So now for today's interview. Hey, Mindful Tribe, I am so thrilled today because we are going to be talking about transforming the meaning of the word fitness, because fitness means different things to different people. And my guest today is a true expert when it comes to fitness, what it means as far as the body, as far as food, as far as movement. We're going to be talking all about that. It's going to be so exciting because she is a great friend and she's a wonderful woman who got me started with my podcast. In other words, when I first started my podcast, I put the word out there that I'd like to do some practicing and she jumped right on and said, sure, Bruce, we'll we'll practice. And I will uh, tell you that it was a little rough going at first, (laughs) but we got that going and she helped me so much at the beginning. So JJ, great to have you here. How are you doing? I'm great, Bruce. Thanks for having me back. (laughs) It's wonderful. This is JJ Fluzanes and JJ has her own podcast. She has a lot going on. So JJ, we're going to be talking about the law of attraction today. What a fun topic to talk about. So before we do, tell us how you feel that mindfulness dovetails in with the law of attraction. Oh, a hand in hand. I mean, mindfulness to me is the idea of being aware of your thoughts and feelings, being present in the moment, being in a, in a frequency or in a state to at this, not only be an observer from a position of peace and calm, but to also really just be in a state of allowing. And that is what the law of attraction is all about. It's about the state of allowing. So to me, they're very complementary. They're not different. Uh, they aren't hundred percent the same, but they're, they're needed and they both coexist at the same time all the time. Yeah, they really do. And Mindful Tribe, I want to share a little bit more about JJ before we get right into the interview. And like I said, JJ is all about bringing together the emotional, the mental, the spiritual factors which affect a person's overall well-being. And for JJ, the key components in all of these areas are invisible. They're balanced support structures of nutrition, emotional centeredness, and health. And she's been putting out all kinds of content on the internet, helping all of us to get more centered and understand more about all of these aspects of of wellness, really. So let's talk about the law of attraction. When was the first time you heard about this law and the first time you, you learned about it, JJ? Well, the first time I really understood on a different level about it was probably 2002. I think my life coach at the time had sent me an Abraham Hicks CD that I was playing in my car. And it was when I heard 
Esther Hicks, who channels Abraham. Abraham is considered sort of a group of non-physical energy that she channels, and it's not her speaking. It's really just her getting downloaded messages. And when I heard her say, you are the creator of your own reality, that really hit me pretty hard and in a good way. I think for some people, it hit, they hit in a bad way and they all of a sudden start to feel shame and guilt. And, and I didn't understand that for many years when I would want to tell people, hey, you're the creator of your own reality. Some people would get mad about that. They'd oh, say, well, yeah. what, what is, well, no, I didn't make this bad thing happen. And I thought, well, hold on a minute. I'm not saying you're a bad person or you're stupid or you're, you have some kind of guilt or shame. I'm telling you because if you're the creator of your own reality, that means you can change it. And for me, that was what that was the positive message I took out of that. You are the creator of your own reality. I thought, great. Guess what? If I created this, I can change this and I can make it different. So I'd say in 2002 was really when that CD made such an impact on my life. And I've really just been a student and a practitioner and only recently in the last couple of years been a teacher of it to other people on a bigger level. I, I didn't you know, you don't really claim to be an expert in law of attraction, right? There's no school. I can't go get a degree in law of attraction. But after years of studying it and practicing it and catching myself when I wasn't fully embodying it, and when I was sort of spouting it out in from intellectual knowledge versus actual living the idea and the energy of it, you know, when I could catch myself in all of that, and I put out, you know, when you and I met, I had a six day a week show called Fit to Love. And Fit to Love was about fitness and, and all the other aspects of being mentally fit, spiritually fit, emotionally fit, physically fit. But what I didn't know then, and part of why I did the show was as a test, a test to what do people want from me in terms of the content that I have? I have a lot of content on different levels of our existence and wellness. And I thought I could package it all together under one umbrella, which was fit to love but I wasn't getting the traction that I thought I should be getting based on the content, the kind of interviews I was having and sharing, the solo shows I was doing. I thought, you know what? This isn't really the best test. I think I need to rebrand all these different days of the week into actually different shows and see what happens then. And so I put out my, at that point, Freedom Friday show, which was about spirituality and law of attraction and astrology Mm -hmm. and numerology and intuition and meditation. I did that show for me and I put that out first and I called it spirit, purpose, and energy. And I didn't have any products. I had no coaching programs. I had nothing to sell anybody. There's no, there still isn't any website that goes with that show. And all of a sudden it just blew up. And all of a sudden I now was attracting people from all over the world to get together in a room full of people at a live event and I'm saying, hey guys, like I'm not, I'm not an expert in law. I mean, you can't call yourself an expert in law of attraction. And they went, yes, you are. And I was like, okay, all right, I'll step into that. So really, this podcast evolution for me has really been about bringing forth my most passionate conversation of that connection of all aspects of life, which happens to be law of attraction. And did you watch the movie The Secret? I'm assuming you have sometime along I the did. line. And what are your thoughts on that? Well, The Secret came out, I believe, in either 2006 or 2007. And the the best part of Love, of The Secret movie was the sort of viral success that it had and really letting people know that they have more power than they give themselves credit for. And again, sort of, sort of the scientific aspects in the movie, which weren't fully flushed out like they are today. But back then, we did have scientific proof 
in about the brain and about frequency, which I don't think, I think for a lot of people, they, they think the law of attraction is a belief system, but it's not, it's actually physics and it's very scientific, but we treat it as a belief system because it's about what we think and about how we get into vibrational alignment, AKA frequency with something that we want. The bad part of the movie is it sensationalized wanting a lot of stuff and there's nothing wrong with stuff. But I know people weren't bridging the gap between, well, I put this stuff on a vision board. I said this affirmation and I didn't get it. So this doesn't work. And so it dumbed it down to a level where people actually don't really understand it. And they think that it's, again, a belief system, a practice, like a spiritual belief. They think a lot of people who believe in law of attraction are not very intelligent or that it's not, or all just want a bunch of stuff. What they don't realize is the law of attraction is working it's a law. It is working 24 seven, whether, whether you believe it or not. And we're attracting all the time. It's becoming aware of it and becoming mindful of what you are attracting that really could open you up to understand that this is a science. And those of us that are calling ourselves people who practice law of attraction, we just want to get out ahead of it. We want to be conscious manifestors. We want to be conscious of what we're doing and in alignment with what we want. And we want to take the cues and the clues of what it is we're attracting, be mindful of how to shift that and then shift it to something that we want versus what the majority of people do, which is manifest by default. They attract things they don't want, and then they don't know how to change it. And they don't know, again, that's where, so the secret really didn't give them the real tools behind. If you want this thing, let's say it's a million dollars, you want a million dollars, but yet you don't have, you're nowhere near a million dollars because vibrationally, emotionally, you're not there. You're not in alignment with a million dollars. You, you talk about scarcity, you are penny pinching. You say, I can't afford that all the time. You don't believe enough in yourself to charge more. There's many reasons why that million dollars is not going to be in your awareness ever because your frequency is at the opposite. You're actually activating scarcity every time you think of it, not abundance. So I think that the secret, again, it had its people make fun of it. I think it did a good job in, in sort of making people aware of the law of attraction, but it did not at all do a good job about actually explaining the power behind it. Yeah, I think that's true. And I, I think it's awesome the way you explain it. And I'm just wondering when it comes to tools, what are some of the tools you use when someone first comes to you and seeks out your coaching? The good news is that the majority of people seeking out my coaching already listen to my show. So they already know what I do and what I know, and they want help with that. And so I've developed a whole bunch of different programs and products, and I've got a two-pack coaching session where I start off with people because one session is I can do an evaluation, but then that doesn't give you any accountability between session one and session two. I run a 30-day manifestation challenge a couple times a year. It's free. But I just launched what's called my inner circle membership. And so I'm really trying to niche down into the people that are super serious about the practices to doing it. So the next one's in January. But I've created things like my 30-day manifestation challenge. And again, like I said, for two years, it's been free. I do about four or five of them a year. And we come together as a community on Facebook. I've developed meditations and guided visualizations and have some affirmations that people can use, although they don't have to use those tools. They can use anything from journaling to any of the law of attraction practices that are in any one of the many books. It's just about being mindful and being responsible and accountable to spending time raising your frequency and really 
activating joy. You know, I just did a, a manifestation boot camp, and I'm going to be turning that into like a four week course that I'm going to be launching in 2020. It was one of my best events, but I took a couple practices that I've been doing for years. Like we're talking. 10 years at least. Simple practices. You know, sometimes you doubt yourself when you share something so simple because to you, it's, you know, old hat. And then you put it in a group of people who've never done it before. And all of a sudden it's like the most powerful practice now that they're all doing. Lives are changing. Things are shifting. They're attracting amazing things. And you keep thinking, I'm like, I do this. I've been doing this for 10 years. Like I've been doing this every day for 10 years. This is like not a big deal for me, but for other people to get them for, for three minutes to focus on appreciation and doing what's called a rampage of appreciation for three straight minutes to literally activate appreciation. I'm like, Oh, well that's, I can do that all day long. Cause I've practiced it. But the people in the room had a hard time doing 60 seconds. So to do three minutes of literal appreciation, so we are not comfortable in joy. We're a world full of warriors who think there's something wrong if we just feel joy. Like, what, what do you mean just feel joy? Shouldn't I be working on something? Shouldn't I be doing something and trying to fix something? It's like, no, everything that we're doing is literally headed towards feeling better. So why not just jump over the fence and just feel better? Just do it now, right? <laughs> so in terms of tools, I mean, anything from guided visualizations and I know I've you know, my, my partner in life, uh, Doug Sandler, and one of my best manifestations to date is him. And, uh, it was, I share in my groups and in my, on my podcast, I've got a journal here on the desk that I used to during basically when my marriage was sort of falling apart and, and I was doing everything I could to, to save it. And, but me doing it by myself wasn't enough. I used a very, very basic law of attraction thought process, which is that it's never about the how or the thing that it is that what you want. You only want what you want because you think you'll feel better when you have it. So if you, if you can step back and not control the how or the who or the what, and just focus on the feelings, what is it you want to feel? I spent a lot of time journaling about the perfect relationship that I wanted, even though I was in one, but I, and I honestly thought I was going to get it from that relationship. I, I thought the path of least resistance was going to be my marriage, but it wasn't. So literally the day that I decided to surrender and say, you know what, I'm just going to surrender. And I'm going to say, maybe it's time to, to split up for a little while and go our separate ways and, and see what happens and let life just evolve and see if, if we come back together in a year, if, if this is a better situation. And, but the whole time, just staying in this positive space of knowing and, knowing and believing 100% that I was going to get what I wanted. I wanted a relationship where someone wanted to hold my hand and spend time with me and wasn't afraid to grow and wanted to learn and wanted to do the things I was interested in, not all of them, but some of them, and wanted to have that kind of depth of intimacy. I knew that was possible for me. I knew I was going to get that. So the day, literally the day that I said, all right, universe, God, source, take this relationship and I'm going to let go. I'm going to say, let's, let's just give it some space. And within two hours, I got the relationship I had always been wanting, just happened to be in a different person, had no idea that was going to happen, wasn't looking for that to happen, but it showed up because I let go of what and the who. I wasn't trying to make it my husband. I wanted to, because it's not about forcing someone else or something else to please you. It's about getting into alignment and trusting that whatever you want, you can have. It may look different than you think, but again, we're, we're shooting for, it's the feeling you want, not that it has to be in this person or in this house or in this business or in this amount of money or whatever it is that we're, we're trying to achieve. 
Yeah, and that's what it seems like in this, certainly this part of the world that we feel like we have to push harder, we have to do more, we have to keep trying, 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 trying and make this stuff happen that we think is supposed to happen. And I love the way you've described, you know, the fact that we just sometimes have to surrender. Now, you've kind of talked about, you know, hurt and how people are searching for things, but what what does it seem to you are some of the biggest hurts and the, the biggest pain that people have who are coming? Coming to you for help? Well, relationships is a big one. I have a lot of people who want to work on their relationship because I've done so much studying and I've, I've done so many different teachings through this trying to save my own marriage and learning and learning about my own wounds and taking responsibility for my own healing within that to make myself the best that I could be so I could get what I wanted and also be a model to help you know, my partner hopefully do the same and not just say, you should do this, but, but we all need to heal our wounds. So it's really, I've taken, I think I'm going to do a show called the roadmap to healing because one of the things that I, why I call myself an empowerment strategist, it's that combination of left brain and right brain. And I have a, a very, very good active left brain. I can be linear. I can be structured. I can be strategic. I can be to the point. I can be logical and intellectual and all that good stuff. That's a very masculine trait. At the same time, I am and we all are creative beings who are full of emotion and we need both of them. And there are some people who are very emotional and they're not at all structured and they're not at all logical and they can't get into that. It's a dominant feminine trait to be creative and to be right-brained. And it's a dominant masculine trait to be the left brain. But we need a balanced brain to really activate and live a full life and to really have and not push and push and push and burn out or not be depressed and have anxiety because we don't have any structure or support. So because I started that empowerment strategist, sort of left brain and right brain, right? The empowerment parts, the emotion, the strategist parts, how to get there. So for me, this roadmap to healing has really been, how do you take someone, especially the masculine, the intellectual, the person who goes to therapy and hates it because they don't see an endpoint, they don't see a, a roadmap, they have no idea how long this is going to take, they don't see any any road like how long am I supposed to be doing this and when do I know if it's working and you know getting to the end of a session and being frustrated and being in a bad mood because your therapist you know you finally got to a good thing like ten minutes before it's supposed to end and then you walk out like understanding why men hate therapy. And why some women don't like it either. I think people come to me because they understand I have both. So let's say in a relationship, I can help shortcut some of those learnings that therapists don't do because therapists have, and, I, and I'm using a therapist model. I'm using Harville Hendricks Imago Therapy, but I'm using that Imago Therapy in conjunction with Law of Attraction and with completely taking responsibility for your own wounds, not just expecting your partner to help you heal your wounds, but for you to try to heal your own wounds on your own and have your partner help you and you help them. So I think that, again, giving ultimate responsibility to ourselves, people really want to know how to live a law of attraction better in all aspects of their life. And you know, the other part that we didn't talk about that I add into a lot of my coaching is astrology. And because astrology, to me, is a way that we can understand how we're different, how we look at the world differently, how that just because we grew up in the same place or in the same house or with the same parents that we have a completely different experience. And, and astrology helps me to explain that to people sometimes, like to make decisions about what's right for you, what makes sense to you, what clicks for you, what energy is natural for you, and how do we be in the flow of that natural energy? At the same time, it also shows me where your deficit and where maybe you need structure. Like it's not even a question. You're not going to provide it for yourself because maybe you're not good at it energetically but you need it. So needing means all of a sudden, in order for me to flourish, 
I have to have something in place that provides this for me because I'm not good at getting it myself. So people come to me for, you know, relationships. They just want to be happier. They want to manifest a better life. They want to like themselves more. They know that there's more out there for them. They want to feel purposeful. They want to feel passionate. They don't want to feel bad that their relationships aren't going well. They don't want other people's stuff. And they don't want to, and they really do want to stop blaming everybody else. They may still be in victim mode, but they know and they understand somewhere in there that there's freedom on the other side of this. If I can just get this right. JJ, you always seem so upbeat and you have so much knowledge and so much wisdom to help others with. But as human beings, we all have our dark days. We all have our challenges. What does a dark day look like for you? And how do you pull yourself out of it? How do you move into another place? So the dark days before, when my number one focus was my relationship, and that's actually why I started the show in the first place. A dark day for me was, again, I'm going to use law of attraction terms. Somehow I'm out of alignment and I've clicked into a frequency of, of scarcity, of lack of trust, of doubt. And I'm in that place for a little while. It happened to me not that long ago at our mutual friend, Michael Neely's event. And, and I had just launched my new mastermind program, which is really the mind, body, soul. And now I'm adding money, right? So now I've decided I've now moved into the space of saying, okay, we're going to take this work and we're going to put in the financial side too. Very scary for me because it's new, but I ha- it's like, it was, a, it was the next right step. And somehow I clicked into all of a sudden, even though in this health space, I don't feel it, but somehow the minute I stepped my toe into the money game, I saw somebody else's mastermind being filled with some of the people that I wanted in mine. And all of a sudden I went, Oh my God. Oh my God. I went into like panic and scarcity. I thought, oh, what am I going to do? I wanted that person in my group. And did I miss it? Did I miss a promotion? Why did that? Why did she go to that person's group? And I, <laughs> I got all, Oh my gosh, I did not like again. And it wasn't panic. It just was, it, it bothered me enough to be out of alignment and in scarcity that I said, look at myself. I just claimed that I'm going to be doing this mastermind from a place of abundance, not scarcity. And then the first sign that someone I want in the group goes somewhere else, I'm now in scarcity mode. So what did I do about it? Besides A, acknowledging it, I thought, well, what can I do about it? And again, in law of attraction terms, dark days and bad days and all that, that's really a bouncing off place. It's a clarifying moment. We can't have we can't manifest the next level of whatever it is that we want without experiencing the clarity of what we don't want. And so for me, I knew that there was going to be something, I didn't know how big, but I knew that something was coming that was going to be bigger and better than this. Because again, I keep stepping into the next version of me and, and it's scary. And I know I'm going to get some slack from certain people from it, but I do it anyway because it's my calling and I keep doing it. So I, what did I do about it? I... <laughs> We were in Santa Cruz and you know, Debbie, Adea too. Debbie was there with yes. us. And, yeah. and I remember talking to her about it and I was talking to Doug about it. I was like, what's wrong with me? Why am I like, there are so many people in the world, and, but I really wanted this person. And uh, so I, I, I journaled about it. I did my gratitude, my list of appreciation about all kinds of things. I did the, what would I, what can't I wait to manifest? I did that whole journaling thing. And in the morning, it still wasn't gone yet. And I went over to the place to get my bulletproof coffee. And it happens to be, you know, that there's this little patch of grass in front of this, like this mart, this grocery store of, of sorts, sort of like a Whole Foods out, up in Santa Cruz. So I took my shoes off. I'm standing on the, the earth. So I'm earthing. Okay. I'm like, yes. okay, I'm going to earth. And yes. while I was 
earthing, I started to do some EFT. So EFT is tapping, right? Yes. So I'm saying, even though, even <laughs> though I'm feeling scarcity right now, I deeply and completely love and accept myself. And I went through like literally three rounds of tapping and earthing at the same time. I walk back into the event. I sit down with Debbie and she started talking about something else. And then the world opened and I got the biggest download that I've had in a long time about what I'm supposed to do next. And in that moment, when I could embrace the next evolution and the next big thing for me, that scarcity went away. I'm like, that's like nothing. That's peanuts. What am I doing? Like focused on this little thing. So for me, a dark day and it doesn't happen again all that often, I can be down but sometimes the physical body is tired, right? Sometimes you're, you're in overwhelm because you're doing too much. And that's where my whole mind, body, soul approach is important. When you can understand that you're tired, that you didn't get a lot of sleep, that you ate bad food, that you were around negative people. If you understand that that happened, you're not going to beat yourself up for having a bad day. It's not about getting into a frequency where you're, you're never going to be always happy all the time. It's not, it doesn't serve you. It has no contrast. It doesn't teach you anything. It doesn't move you in a direction that's really for your best, highest good. So for me, it's like having a launching off place. And again, it has still, it still keeps happening. But on the other side of it, I like grow more. I'm like, oh, like I have some big, big things coming in 2020. And I'm like, wow, I'm actually going to do this. Wow, I'm really going to do this. Yes, I'm really going to do this. So if you can just hang tight for a second, use your self care and your, and your mindfulness to really recognize that this is just an ebb and a flow. And right now, maybe you're in an ebb and maybe you're not in a flow and that you can take care of yourself. Ask yourself, what is it that I need right now? Do I need a nap? Do I need to disconnect? Do I need to earth? Do I need to tap? Do I need support? Do I need a hug? Do I need a warm cup of tea? What do you need? Do you need a Netflix binge day? Whatever it is you need, take it. And then see if you can just allow yourself to have those positive feelings come right back. When you stop pushing, a lot of times we just allow ourselves to surrender. You'll feel better pretty soon. So I can't wait to hear what 2020 will hold for you because a lot of people are talking about how 2020 is going to be the big, the big year, the big year of change. What's it going to look like for you? So for many years, I have been teaching one of the bodies of work that I credit you know, being very life-changing. And uh, I think we've, we might have talked about it. It's, dark, it's Marshall Rosenberg's nonviolent communication work. Yeah, we did talk about it. Right. So, so prior to us probably talking about it, I actually threatened to rewrite it years ago. And not because it needs a rewrite because it's a bad book. It's just because the title, Nonviolent Communication, didn't, it was like a turnoff. I didn't want to read it for a long time. Yet what's inside of it is, is and I don't even... I don't even think I've read the book. I've listened to the audio and I've taken several classes. And I even at one point wanted to become a certified trainer. But when I brought all these people together and I brought the trainers down from Santa Barbara here in Los Angeles, and I, I hosted a room full of people. This is prior to me doing this work, doing my own events. I watched friends and family and clients absorb this information very differently than I did. And I was waiting for the breakthrough and I didn't see it. And I thought, wait a minute, what is wrong with this picture? And it's, it's that point when I realized how my brain operates. When I see something, like my brain will automatically reorganize something to make sense for me very quickly. And then I'll get the gist of what's being taught, but not because it's in the way it's being taught. So when I saw how it was being taught, 
and that people weren't getting it. Like I got it. I thought, Oh my God, this is the problem. So I ended up not becoming a certified trainer. I've just been teaching it myself for years now, at least two and a half years. I've taught it at my live events. I've talked about it on the show. I work with people individually on it. I've done it at corporations and companies in customer service training and in sales training, because if you don't understand how your customer feels and what their needs are, or same thing for any kind of conflict, it is really very important for both sales training and for customer service training. Well, I've had a couple people recently tell me, you need to teach people what you do. You need to certify people to do what you do. And I'm like, I don't, I can't even begin to think about that. What I do is my gift, my ability to connect dots, my ability to kind of laser through things quickly and simplify and, and structure things and have a one, two, three step process for something that you think is overwhelming and too complicated. That's my gift. How do I teach that? Well, my last event at the boot camp, someone had said to me, You need to teach, you need to certify people in what you do. I thought, I, I still don't really understand what that means. Then I go to Michael's event, and Michael Neely is uh, dating Sage Levine. And Sage says to me, You need to get a salesperson. You need to get people to, to do some sales training for you, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking, Ugh, I'm not ready for that yet. And I'm, I'm putting it on, and it's not feeling like I'm ready for that. And I, I'm thinking, I don't even know how that would, how that would look. And then when I got off of earthing and tapping and I came in and I said, sat down with Debbie, the minute she started talking, we were just in the frequency where I got the, I saw it. I saw it. I'm doing the Ted talk. I'm writing the book and I'm making a certification because it's not because I have people who want to help me teach this because it changed their life or it saved their marriage. And I want to teach it to kids, but I'm not going to be the person to do that. I can't by myself take this work. I mean, there are, last I checked, there were 600 trainers who taught nonviolent communication all over the world. Okay. And most people haven't even heard of it. All right. That's mm -hmm. 600 mm -hmm. people teaching it. And most people haven't even heard of it. Right. We're not doing a very good job then. All right. So I would yeah. like just to blow up a little bit more than that and yeah. have 600 of my own trainers scouring the earth, teaching children and people who are depressed and with anxiety, how to get their power back. So we, we can eliminate depression, anxiety, and suicides because people don't understand how to deal with their emotions. And to me, that is the bottom line. So it is now no longer about me at all. It is literally about the work. It is about helping other people get their power back on a much bigger level and starting at both ends of the spectrum from children to adults in relationship. And so, you know, I, I was talking about like having a TED talk and I've always wanted a TED talk, but I'm like, what would I talk about? I mean, I have so many things I can talk about. What would be the right thing to talk about on a TED talk? Well, now I know. <laughs> I'm like, now I know this is what I'm going to get a TED talk about. This is what I'm going to write the book about, rewrite the book about. This is what I'm going to build a certification around. And this is what I'm going to do to help change the world. That's really cool. So when's your TED talk happening? Is that in 2020? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's so exciting. So I want to hear a story about an actual person that you've helped to transform through the work you do. Well, the first person that comes to mind with this particular work, and again, this also goes hand in hand with law of attraction. She was having problems in her marriage, but most like most women, women want to blame their husbands for upsetting them, annoying them, stressing them out, uh, not understanding them, a lot of women blame everybody for how they feel. Oh, I feel this way only because you did this and you did this and this thing happened. But when you understand that you're the creator of your own reality, and that no one can make you feel anything and you change the tune of how you not only problem solve your own emotion by taking responsibility for your emotion and understanding underneath it what the real need is and understanding that you can get that need met without anyone else being different. When you practice that, you literally let everyone else off the hook around you. 
And all of a sudden people are like, whoa, like they have a new respect for you because all of a sudden they feel respected. They feel seen and heard. They feel not attacked. So I had someone who was literally at the very first event. She's attended two or three events. She's attended two events and she's at the first event releasing what weighs you down and had a conversation with her husband in between like day one and day two and came in the next morning and was like, this just saved my marriage because it was so clear to me that I'm the problem, <laughs> not, that, <laughs> not that he's the problem, that I'm the problem. Right. And it's not about, it's not about any one individual person taking responsibility for a relationship. That's not the point. Right. The point is, is that if you have an emotion, it's yours. And if you feel something, it's yours and no one else put it there. Even if they tried to put it there, even if they said you're ugly, stupid, and worthless, if you don't agree with that, those words don't bother you. But when you're in agreement with that, you're triggered because you believe it. They just shine the mirror. Everyone in life is a mirror for you. And especially when you step out into a space of like what we're doing, and definitely it's going to happen to me more. I mean, I had someone come on my YouTube channel and say, <laughs> I, cause I have a couple different video shows. I've got an extra smart exercise show, which has to be video. And I've got an easy paleo gluten and dairy free cooking show, which has to be video. Cause I'm showing you cooking things. And I had someone come on for a banana bread recipe, a grain-free banana bread recipe. It's got the most views, probably than any of my videos. I don't know if it's 20,000 or something crazy. Someone came on and said, great recipe, but you are annoying. And I laughed my butt off because you know I am who I am. And if you don't like me, that's cool and move on. Like there are so go go to Pinterest. You don't need sure. to like watch a video, go to Pinterest. Yeah. Um, but I'm doing the video to educate you on the ingredients, to educate you about the, the diet, to educate you on more than just this one time thing you're going to use one time and different variations you can do. So, you know, I'm able to, through my own healing, through this work, be able to handle those kinds of comments. People that come on that are mean or that, or that say, you know, they're haters. And so I did a whole show called Your Haters because I, I have to know that what I'm doing is bigger than me and I have to be able to handle any negative comments I'm going to get from people. One that did sting recently was someone said, uh, JJ is not a therapist. And it stung because my ex-husband used to say that all the time. And it would uh-huh. literally keep me back and hold me down from growing because I felt like I wasn't qualified. But right. over and over again, the guests I've had on my show, Dr. Eben Alexander, Harville Hendricks, uh, Dr. Sheree Carter-Scott, I, I have like high level people who go, like, oh, you're a therapist, right? Or, oh yeah, in the therapy, you know, they, they assume I do therapy because I can walk the walk and and talk the talk sure. of whatever they're doing because I'm so studied. I'm so I've learned, I've practiced, I've embodied all these teachings. And honestly, now I'm glad I'm not a therapist because half the therapy people go to is ineffective. Mm-hmm. They go to therapy and it takes them six sessions to get anywhere. And they feel bad every single time that they're in there. And coaching allows me to take someone through a quick process and leave feeling hopeful and inspired and aware and have a breakthrough every single time. So I'm glad I'm not a therapist. But I would say that this work really, I have so many emails, Bruce, I get, since we probably last talked, Fit to Love did okay. And I would get the occasional email. I get weekly emails, weekly, multiple weekly emails, how the show has changed someone's life. I don't even know these people, right? I have a a manifestation challenge on Facebook. I've met a lot of them who come into that, but I literally three to four times a week get an email saying, I just found your podcast and it saved my life. I was depressed. Uh, It just saved my marriage. So the teachings that I'm doing on my show are enough to just by themselves for free are enough to make some big transformation in people's lives. 
And JJ, what's the best website we can go to to find these podcasts and to f- learn more about you? JJFlazanes.com. Yeah, I've, I've looked at some of your websites and you've just done so much. And I love how it's culminated into what you're doing today and what you're doing today centered around the law of attraction. And that is just so exciting. If someone is feeling frustrated, is feeling low, where is the first place they should start? What is the first? Should they go to your podcast? Yeah, I would say go to Spirit, Purpose and Energy and, you know, look at the titles and see what speaks to you. I've got so much content. And if you're having a hard time finding something or the right thing, you can email me, jj at jjflazanes.com. That's F-L-I-Z-A-N-E-S. So jj at jjflazanes.com and tell me what's going on for you and I'll direct you to the right show, the right episode. You know, I also started my podcast as a way to, as a teaching tool, right? As content, because I had this body of work and, you know, who wants to repeat the same thing 20 times with 20 different clients? I want you to, I'm going to, we're going to talk about them and go send you to the show and you're going to listen to it that I've already said it one time. And then we're going to come back and talk about new things. <laughs> so, right. uh, so it's really like my show is a body of work. I continually use with every client to say, Hey, go listen to these shows because it's going to move the needle faster for you and you don't need me, it's free. And then we can do less sessions together because you can just go listen to the podcast and gather the information there. JJ, gratitude can help can help us in so many ways. Is gratitude a part of the law of attraction? Yes, it is being in a state of gratitude. I like to use appreciation. It's a little cleaner vibrationally than gratitude. And I'll tell you why. Uh, gratitude is what, you know, gratitude journals and, and um, saying I'm grateful. That's, that's great. It's great. It's great to be grateful. <laughs> but on a frequency level, grateful sometimes has the tail end of what you're grateful for because of this bad thing that happened. So it's not a clean vibration like appreciation. When I say I appreciate, there's usually nothing attached to the back. There's not, I appreciate this because of that right? Grateful is I'm grateful. I'm so grateful that I overcame this bad thing, (laughs) right? So we sometimes (laughs) attach this bad thing to this, to this energy of grateful. So so it's, it's sometimes it activates the negative and doesn't always activate the positive. Being in a state of allowing, being in a state of appreciation, being a state of trust is what the law of attraction is about. It's literally like you, the universe, God source, whoever you think is your higher power knows what it is that you want. And when we're in a state of appreciation, when we're in a state of trust, when we're in a state of love and freedom and joy, which can all be, you can get there through a gratitude journal, through appreciation, through rampage of appreciation. That's that frequency where things can finally come in. They can come in because now you're allowing them and you're not trying so hard. You're not putting up resistance. You're not activating the negative side. You're not activating the fear underneath why you want what you want, right? So again, the most powerful statement for me, besides you are the creator of your own reality, the most powerful statement in law of attraction is the only reason why you want what you want is because you think you'll feel better when you have it. So let's just skip over having the thing that you think is going to make you feel better and just get to the feelings. And you have access to do that every day, all day long. So if, if it's this thing that we want, if we don't have to be, we don't have to appreciate having a million dollars, what does a million dollars get you? you? You feel free. You feel joy, potentially. Some people won't feel joy. Some people feel stressed. But you think you're going to feel joy and you think you're going to feel free. So activate free now. You don't need a million dollars to be feel free right now. How can you just activate free? And then guess what? You're more in alignment with getting closer to having that. 
than you are when you activate a million dollars or activate, you know, thinking, oh, I want a million dollars because I think I'll feel free. But right now I feel, I don't feel free. Right now I feel stressed. I feel, I feel scared. I feel fear. When you say that and you activate fear, you are no closer to getting it. I have people that say to me, oh, I'm religious. I wouldn't consider the law of attraction. Tell us how you think that we can follow our religion, whatever it is, and still embrace the law of attraction. So again, it is a science. It is not a belief system. No one would dispute that if you were driving down the street and you wanted to listen to a radio station, that radio station was 102.7 that you're not going to hear what's being played on 102.7 if you're dialed into 89.3. Nobody would dispute that. No one would also dispute that if you had still had a television with an antenna <laughs> and you wanted to, and you wanted to watch NBC because your favorite shows on NBC, you're not going to find your favorite show on CBS, right? And they are on two different frequencies. Bottom line, we attract where we are and where what you what the frequency is that you're putting out is based on how you feel so with or without a higher power let's say you believe that god god is lining up everything for you that you have no responsibility in this whatsoever okay god is god is putting things in your in your existence well in order for you to receive that answer or that message or that thing god is putting in in your path you have to be open available trusting and feel a sense of trust and surrender and love and being taken care of to receive it. Because if you're not, and your head is down and you're in worry, you're not going to see it because you're going to be too busy looking around for something else. that doesn't look like whatever it is that has been given to you. So again, it really is a physics. There's also a brain science. We our brains just like muscle When you want to lift something or do some kind of exercise, we create what's called motor patterns in the brain, motor, a pathway from the brain to certain muscles. Those are motor patterns. And that's why when you do a new exercise or you try a new dance or you, you lift something in a new way, you're extra sore because all of a sudden you had to activate new motor patterns that activated muscle you haven't used in a while. And you're like, wow, that like, I've never been that sore in a long time. Well, it's not, it's again, it's, it's science. So the same thing happens in our brains. We're trained by the way that we think. We are trained by how we talk to ourselves. We are trained by what we believe and what we expect to activate parts of the brain to continue to be in alignment and to see and to notice those things. We do not have necessarily access to the things that we don't know or the things that are possible, but we don't believe them, or we, we've never experienced them before, so we don't even know where to begin. That's why changing your brain, literally activating new pathways, new neural pathways from your brain, can establish a level where you can experience life differently when you experience new emotions because we have the brain pathways set up, but you have to actually do something to do that. Like the way you are right now is the way you are right now. And unless you do anything different, you won't experience anything different than you already experienced. So to me, whether whatever you believe about God or, or source or Buddha or whoever you follow or think is your higher power, you still have the ability to activate new parts of the brain. You still have the ability to increase your frequency, which is really feel better. Everyone has the opportunity to feel better more often and to really notice the gifts that are there for you all the time that you don't normally notice because you're not trained to notice them. 
It's like when I teach people in corporations about law of attraction, I have to be careful because they do think it's a religion. But I always say, hey, how many of you have bought a new car recently? And you know, everyone has an experience of buying a new car at some point in time, whether it be brand new or used, it's new to you. But do most of you notice when you buy your new car, all of a sudden you see your car everywhere? Okay, most people can also agree to that phenomenon. Is it a phenomenon? No, it's now you are tuned into your car. So all of a sudden your awareness is heightened to receive information about that car because you focused on that car. And now all of a sudden they're everywhere and you can't get away from it. You're like, oh, there's my car. There's my car. Wow. Did everyone just, did everyone just go out and buy my car yesterday with me? No, you are tuned into the frequency of that car. So again, there's many sciences, many books about the science of law of attraction. Uh, and it doesn't compete with any religion. You can believe whatever it is you want to believe about your religion. It's literally about feeling better, feeling better and getting into alignment with what you want. Tell us about a live event that you've either had or about an upcoming live event that you're going to be having. Well, I'm not sure when this is going to air, but my next and last live event for a year is coming up in January, January 10th through the 12th. Uh, we are doing releasing what weighs you down. Releasing what weighs you down will be the third time we do it. And again, it's everything I'm talking about we're going to do. Plus, I have Lisa Thomas, who is a energy healer, and she clears inherited emotional DNA. So some of that, some of those energies that got passed down from your parents and your grandparents and the and their grandparents and parents, the energies of your normal that you don't even realize because it's your normal. It's the energy that you were born into, the the way people believe around you, because you know not everybody believes what you believe and not everybody experiences what you've experienced. So to you, normal is different than someone else's normal. So Lisa helps us to clear some of those energies and can teach you how to do that too. Sort of unblocking some of those channels that maybe you keep coming up against patterns that are subconscious and you don't know why you keep doing this or why you keep attracting this. Maybe you're trying, maybe you're using the law of attraction, you're trying really hard, but it's not about an intellectual use of your brain. This is about an emotional clearing. So releasing what weighs you down, we're going to focus on, again, that whole mind, body, soul piece, uh, everything from health and weight loss and relationships and self-love and really just letting yourself detox in a way that's going to change 2020 for you. Because every we do it in January every year. I mean, I don't know if it's going to happen again. This time it's at 1440 Multiversity, which is in Scotts Valley, California, near Santa Cruz and San Jose. Everything's included in the ticket price. Like when you go to 1440, to, you can come to my site to learn more. It's releasingwhatweighsyoudown.com. But it's, it's a really powerful event. So if you, know, you want something to kind of detox your whole life and create a new habit and pattern, create a new frequency for 2020, kickstart a relationship, build a community, get in touch with your purpose, increase your ability to love yourself a little bit more, definitely consider coming to Releasing What Weighs You Down. Again, releasingawaysyoudown.com, January 10th through the 12th, 2020. Mindful Tribe, check it out. Check out the website. Check out jjflizanes.com. J-J-F-L-I-Z-A-N-E-S. And I'm saying Z because I'm in Canada, but you get the picture. Yeah, check it out. JJ, it's been so great to reconnect with you again and to talk to you and hear everything that's going on. It's so exciting to hear how you're helping so many people across the planet. Thanks, Bruce. I just it's it's fun, and uh, and I know you're doing the same. And I can't wait to have you back on my show here shortly, to also just to talk about what's real for you right now and bridging that gap between the mind and the heart. And because uh, I again, we're doing it from different points of view, but we're doing the same thing. We're trying to activate people's heart space more, right, and embody a different energy, and not overthink and get in their own way and 
and cause their own issues that they don't need to. So uh, I appreciate the opportunity to come back on to mindfulness mode. I'm so thankful that you and I connected so many years ago and we support each other at the beginning of our podcasts. And and uh, and I love what you're doing and helping so many people as well click into what I think is the first part of waking up in the world, of becoming mindful, becoming conscious. Doug and I talk about it all the time. He wanted He had me on his show and he was like, well, he kept trying to get me to tell people, how do you wake people up? I said, you can't wake people up. You can plant a seed and then their life. I mean, he wasn't awake. He didn't wake up until like a year and a half ago. So, and life circumstances, problems, challenges, what what thrusted him into a new state of mindfulness and awareness. And without those bad things that happened to him, he wouldn't be awake right now as like he is now, which is making more money, doing better in business, having deeper relationships, having no more back pain, having less anxiety. Like so many positive things come out of sometimes what we think is a bad thing. But if you just wait a little longer, you'll see the purpose of it in your life. So Thank you. Thank you so much for having me back on, Bruce. Yeah, my pleasure, JJ. You have a great rest of your day. Bye now. Thanks so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com and type the guest name or the episode number into the search bar. You can also go mindfulnessmode.com slash whatever episode number you like. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by subscribing to Mindfulness Mode wherever you listen, whether it's on iTunes or Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, so many places you can hear Mindfulness Mode. So hit subscribe and share because that truly helps our show. And remember what I mentioned at the top of the show about the 12 must-read mindfulness books. Any one of these books can definitely change your life just like they have for the featured guests I've had on my show. All of these books have been recommended. They're the 12 most recommended books on Mindfulness Mode. Download this free gift at mindfulnessmode.com slash top 12 books. So remember, subscribing and sharing helps keep mindfulness mode on the air. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.